What's with these senior citizen homes or old folks' homes? Some of the stories I hear don't indicate to me that their behavior is that old. It sounds more like a co-ed college dorm. Just think about it. Especially if many of the residents are godless. They're thinking that this is their last hurrah to grab as much gusto as possible before they die. Which means grabbing Susie and Tammy three doors down. How do we know that's not going on there? You got people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s fully aware of those little blue pills and other playful aids, shall we say? For we all, for all we know, there's a swingers club going on in there. I hope not. But as I said, some of the stories I hear makes me wonder. Maybe I should go in disguised and infiltrate one of the one of those locations. I'll get to the bottom of it. In the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, people were either blessed or cursed by God. Now, what does that mean? When people say, I'm blessed, they're usually referring to rewards and abilities of some kind. And it could absolutely mean that. Like in the book of Job, he was blessed with more sons and daughters with huge amounts of cattle and flocks in his later years. But many times it means something else. It's more of a spiritual state of affairs and well-being. Something that stays with you regardless of your outward circumstances. As we're blessed by getting closer and closer to God and Jesus. This is very evident when you read the Beatitudes in the Gospels. It says we are blessed when we find ourselves poor in spirit when we're possibly sad and depressed and desperate need of spiritual enthusiasm. So when we ask God to help us in this area, he then further blesses us with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are also spiritually blessed when we find ourselves in sorrow, as we once again are filled with the encouragement and the direction of the Holy Spirit once we cry out for help, who shows us the way to get back on our feet. The Beatitudes also clearly state that we are blessed when we hunger and thirst for holiness. Also, when we are humble, when we show mercy, live as a peacemaker, and when we are insulted and persecuted for believing in God and wanting to be like Jesus. So let's understand the best way to get blessed It's not necessarily through the good things that come our way, but rather through the more difficult trials that we face. When we go through problems and difficulties of life, let's just say to ourselves, hey, I'm going to hold up my head high through all this, and when I come out of it on the other side, I will be stronger, have more character, be more steadfast in my convictions, And most importantly, be more like Jesus. And that's how we get spiritually blessed in the most substantial way that lasts for eternity. So let's find our strength, encouragement, and refuge in Jesus through the good and the bad. After all, he is our Savior. He's not called that for no reason. Like lions and tigers are not put in cages at the zoo for no reason. 
Uh, could you imagine if they were allowed to walk freely among the people? Yeah, they could. They could put us all in uh, extra fortified metallic astronaut suits, where we would be protected from attacks and bites, similar to the suits cops wear while training their attack dogs. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Maybe more so for the animals and snakes, who would probably still find a way to swallow short people whole. So let's, as we're told in the Bible, be glad and rejoice through all the ups and downs in life, for our reward is great in heaven. Let's accept the fact that there will be cloudy days and storms from time to time, just like the prophets Apostles and Jesus were persecuted, we too will be tested or persecuted in a similar manner. Once again, it's not all about being physically blessed with athletic ability or a photographic memory, great looks, a beautiful house, car, and great job. No, it's not always about that, although they are still genuine benefits and blessings from God for sure. Let's know that the most important blessings, according to the Bible, are received primarily when we don't have all that stuff, when we don't have everything going for us, when we're not smiling from ear to ear 24-7, because adversity builds character. We get stronger going through problems and difficulties. You definitely don't get stronger going going to the party and drinking too much. And flirting with six different girls in a span of an hour and a half. No, that's not how it's done. Remember, we should all be conducting ourselves in a way that gets us closer to Jesus. As God, a little bit every day of our lives, molds us in his image after his likeness. And as we participate in these transactions, our life becomes more worthwhile where we no longer are just waiting to die, forcing ourselves to get out of bed every day. We now have a godly purpose. So let's stay on track. What do you say? And remember, wisdom grows with mourning and not mirth. The book says, sorrow is better than laughter, because when the face is sad, the heart grows wiser. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. This reiterates what I talked about with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the sorrowful. That's what that verse just told us very clearly. So it seems to me any situation in life, good or bad, is to our advantage. It's up to us to either lean it in a negative way towards Satan or in a positive way, guided by the Holy Spirit. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, but when that's your only two choices, it makes it simpler, doesn't it? To have the hope of overcoming obstacles, while all along knowing that things happen for a reason, using our freedom to take a step towards Jesus and away from Satan. Our choice, once again, like a, like a choice between hot sauce and mild. Yeah, for some people, the hotter, the better. If they could, some would take a flamethrower and point it directly onto the soft palate of their mouth because they just love the heat. And they don't even take a drink of water after they take a bite 
because they want to build this forest fire of heat and flames. Hey, to each his own. I guess that's a genetic thing more so, to be able to take the heat and put that pepper and those little red things in your salad or in a sauce that light your whole mouth on fire. I'm not really fond of that. My dad liked that kind of thing. My daughter is into that. She likes that. But me, now, I want soft and mild and delicate to the palate and to the tongue and to the inner cheeks. Yeah, uh, that, that smooth direction is something that I look after and look forward to. Not that hot stuff. Man, and like I said, sometimes they don't even drink water after they take it. And then it just eventually burns out like a forest fire, apparently. Hey, what are you going to do? To each his own. Hi, everybody. This is Fred once again. Trying my best to steer you straight. Straight into Jesus' open, caring, loving arms. You can trust me to give you the straight skinny. As long as I'm dry. Martha, Martha, get me my Depends. Unless you want me to use the couch. I'm not kidding, you better hurry. Well, whether I'm wet or dry, I always listen to Don't Bring Up God, airing every Sunday morning on WAB 790 AM from 8 to 9. This show is for believers and non-believers to express your point of view on whether or not you believe in God. Let's talk it out. Hash it all out into the open. And you can start by calling Don't Bring Up God Live at 610-720-7900. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that, is that him? Hey, mailman. Don't you know how to use a pavement? Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. There's another verse about being blessed in the Bible. There's quite a few. The book says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Let's never again think that we're going through painful situations for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Just get through it and have it over with. But no, we need to understand that in one way or another, we are going through what we need to go through because this is the plan of God. Now, I believe this plan of God alters according to our obedience because I think this plan is adjusted according to our dedication to him and to whether we live to avoid sin or to run after it. And we really don't need to know the intricate mechanics of everything we do under the sun. We don't need to overanalyze and micromanage our lives. No, that's not the way to go. Let's learn to relax as long as we're following in Jesus' footsteps. As long as we continue to read the Bible, to pray, and to engage with fellow Christians to speak and learn about the Word of God. As long as we're active in those pursuits, then everything else will take care of itself. As the Bible says, first seek God's kingship over you, and all things will be given to you in turn. And we can, and we can start by denying ourselves, taking up our cross each day, and following Him. You've heard that before, right? Now it's just a matter of doing it. The book says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Yeah, be careful who you hang out with. Your godless friends will not be doing you any favors. 
birds of a feather flock together, right? Why would you risk going backwards while maintaining damaging friendships? And remember, the number one measuring stick that Christians go by is whether you believe or disbelieve in Jesus. Got to remember that. That's, that's the uh, turn-on switch or the turn-off switch as to whether you're a Christian or not. And you have the free choice to decide. We know that. I like how people look on the news at some senseless murderer and say to themselves and others, hey, look at him. Now that's a real sinner who will not find himself in heaven one day. So as a result, in his mind, as long as he's not murdering or robbing a bank, he himself is good to go. He considers himself a good person. And you very well may be a good person in man's opinion and estimation, but according to God, nobody is good because we're all bogged down by this sinful human nature, which is opposed to God in every way. Remember, the Pharisees thought they were great people because they did, they did this and that and the other thing. But we've read in the Bible how Jesus dressed them down, saying that you will have no place in the kingdom of God. Because on the outside, you may seem all shiny and bright, but on the inside, you're also wretched, full of cockroaches and spiders. Now, he didn't actually say that last part. I'm just improvising a little bit to paint a picture. But could you imagine if they were actually full of cockroaches and spiders crawling out of their mouths? Which bug would eat the other? It would be like that alien and predator movie. Who would win? Huh. Intriguing question. For some, maybe not for most. Now, reading and hearing what the Bible instructs us to do might turn you off, where you might say to yourself, what is God talking about? I can't do that. But believe me, once you make the decision to go God's way, no matter what, you'll learn to understand more and more about these things, where one day you'll get to the point of accepting and believing and, and believing it like it's second nature. The veil will be lifted from your eyes where you will see clearly and think clearly and behave clearly. In order to truly understand this stuff, the power of the Holy Spirit has to be within you. Otherwise, you're going to you're just going to think all this talk is nuts from the Bible, but that will absolutely change the more spiritual you become, the more you understand what God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all about. The book says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. See, that's the thing. If you're trying to figure things out without reading the word of God, the Bible, then you're pretty much just wasting your time. You need to educate yourself to a point where you begin to gain knowledge and wisdom and then intelligence and understanding. But if you think you can become religious and spiritual without the Bible, then it's simply just a lazy, empty, vain attempt. The book says, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. And absolutely, when you come God's way, you have to be sincere and honest. You have to be willing to dedicate your life to the Lord. 
And you have to be humble enough to take advice and instruction and then run with it. Because if not, it's just not going to work. If you come with a deceitful heart, then what do you expect to happen? That deceit will serve as a roadblock for any constructive thing to get done. It will roadblock you and brick wall you away from any self-improvement. It just won't work. So don't kid yourself and others by coming with a half-assed attitude because you're just going to fall by the wayside. You're essentially setting yourself up to lose. And the only way you don't do that is to have the commitment and dedication from the very beginning. Bowing down and praying to the Savior of the world, to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, who will set up his new kingdom, a kingdom that will come, I believe, a lot sooner than later. Just look around you. How much, how much worse can it get? Like you may wonder, how much worse can a job interview get after realizing within three minutes that you want nothing to do with this job? Or the douchebag who's interviewing you? Oh, he's bringing in two or three of his associates to meet you. He's taking you on a tour. He's asking you to stay for lunch. So at this point, you got to just level with this guy before he keeps you there for the next three days. Because this is way out of hand. So you got to tell him, hey, hey, excuse me. If I could interject something, I rather naked. I rather lay naked on an anthill than work for you and this wretched company. Frankly, I don't even know how you're still in business. So I'm leaving. And by the way, your breath stinks. Further quotes in the book from the book: Bless it is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Did you hear those two words, trials and tests? Some people say, I don't want any trials or tests in my life. They just want to be left alone. Well, that sounds like a life without effort to me. Sounds a lot like laziness. And since I'm the expert on laziness, I'm probably right. But we need to accept this life on God's terms and not on what we'd like it to be. Because I got news for you. As long as we live down here on this earth, there will be continued trials and tests. But here's the good news. You think there's going to be trials and tests in the new heavens and the new earth? No, there won't be. No reason. Because by the time we get there, we will all be purified and refined to the point where we won't need them. Because by that time, we will all be on board with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We will, as the verse says, we will have received the crown of life, where we now live in paradise described in the Bible to be a wonderful, glorious place. So much better than down here. Don't even think to compare it. So we need to keep the faith. Let's live by faith and not by sight. And hold dear to us the Ten Commandments, statutes, and doctrines of God Almighty. Especially from the very beginning. 
Because the Bible says if we love God, we will obey him. If we don't obey him, then we don't love we don't love him, right? You know, we really can care less. If we go on sinning the way we do, not blinking an eye over it anymore, since our consciences are squashed and ignored, then we got a problem on our hands. True Christians enjoy this song, I believe. That's what I think. This sounds like we're in church. It sounds like a hymn. Oh, I know what it is. It's by Mr. Cool in the 80s. Good-looking guy. The women loved him. Talking about faith. Yeah. And I know all the games you play because I play them too. Yeah, without faith, we're dead. It's as simple as that. Faith without sight. Do you live by sight and not faith? I think a lot of people do. Big mistake. So true Christians have the Holy Spirit in us and through us. The same Holy Spirit or paraclete Jesus touted when he left his apostles and ascended into heaven. One of the last things he said was that I must go in order for the Holy Spirit to come down. In some Bibles, he's called the paraclete. Jesus made it very clear that it was more important for him to leave the earth and the Holy Spirit to come into it. So every Christian has to have the Holy Spirit. And if you do, you'll feel his presence as the Holy Spirit prompts you to do the right thing, to say the right thing, and to avoid wrong and sinful acts. If you think you can do it on your own, it's just sadly mistaken. You just are. We're human. We're in. We're fallible. We're weak and meek. If you're honest with yourself, so fragile. So that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to make a stand and hold our ground. Yes, I'm one of those brainwashed, indoctrinated college kids you hear so much about. But you know what? It's not working. Because why? Well, I have half a brain and good old-fashioned common sense and morals. I'm no empty-headed follower, not just another pretty face. Oh, did I mention? Yeah, I have a pretty face. Half of my foreign professors can't speak English. Seriously, I can't understand a word of their gibberish during class. The other half speak only to give their biased, one-sided liberal arguments against Trump. Whatever happened to free discourse on both sides of an issue? I suppose you can get that, as long as the discussion involves transvestites, cross-dressers, and sex change operations. Don't Bring Up God is all about free discourse. Call up live at 610-720-7900 and voice your honest opinion. And don't worry, be assured your grade won't go down if you disagree with Robert. That's 610-720-7900. Yeah, we're not taking phone calls today, so you can just hang up that phone right now. I see you. Nice try. 
You can do it next week. Okay? Okay. I like people who think that they're so independent that they need no help from anybody, no matter the situation. Like when you, in a braggadocious way, attempt to bench press 300 pounds for the first time in your life without a spotter. Because you're too, you're too cool for school. Other people might need a spotter, but not you. Because you, can, you consider yourself Zeus with the strength of 10 men. Right before your arms and chest collapse. Dropping the bar on your larynx. Where you still can't talk after three months. Thinking you might have to learn sign language. How do you ask, a, how do you ask for a spotter just using your hands? How's that work? I guess you'll have to learn. But acknowledging and having the Spirit of God or Holy Spirit is crucial. Unfortunately, it gets very little airplay in the churches. When I grew up, it was all about God and Jesus, which is definitely a good thing for the most part. But you cannot ignore the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you got some research and praying to do to get back on board or to get on board. One of the two. Here's what the Bible tells us the paraclete or the Holy Spirit will do for us. The book says, he will instruct you in everything. He will remind you of all that I told you. Now that's very important, especially for older guys like me. We need to be reminded. Sometimes I'm amazed how much I retain from the Bible because I'm not that guy. I can put my glasses down on the counter next to the toaster, and three minutes later, I'm searching for them. So I have to be reminded. So thank God the Holy Spirit does that for me, for all of us. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete. The word paraclete is translated as comforter or advocate. Now, why does the Bible say God will give us another paraclete? He's saying that because the first one was Jesus Christ himself. Jesus and the paraclete, or Holy Spirit, are here to help and assist us 24-7 on going God's way. Jesus also says that the paraclete will be with you always. He's not going to come and then blow away like the wind. He's going to set up shop in your brain and heart. And that's exactly where you want him. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't a permanent fixture. The Spirit of God, for whatever reason, was more of a temporary fix for man by God. Jesus also says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And no truer words were ever said. Because once you're a Christian inspired by the Holy Spirit, lies disgust you. Deceit repels you. All, all of it just turns your stomach because you're now geared with the honest truth, something that most people don't even want to hear because most people would rather be lied to. How sad is that? How can God work with us if that's the case? With that attitude, we're all destined for failure, no doubt about it. Jesus went further talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, the world cannot accept this spirit of truth since it neither sees him nor recognizes him. But you recognize him 
because he remains with you and will be within you. So when the way of the world people see you and look cross-eyed at you like you're nuts, don't be taken aback by it. Especially if the person was born cross-eyed. Yeah, with, with all due respect, it, it's tough to talk to somebody who has that because you get confused on which eye to look at or do you try to center on both of them at the same time? And I'm not trying to be funny here. No, I'm not. And, and I suppose some people have an operation to get that fixed. But how do we know that's not how it was supposed to be? Maybe the ones with the straight eyes have the problem. Do we know for sure? Hey, we are all God's creations. So one way or the other, we'll figure it out and accept everybody as our own. You see, if you don't make it a problem, it's not a problem. But regardless, many people will think you're nuts. Because if they are godless without the power of the Holy Spirit, they will never understand what you're talking about. Never, in a million years. Because we're on two different wavelengths, leaving us in a bit of a standoff where sometimes you feel sorry for the non-believers and wish they would see the light, while at the same time, they look at you feeling sorry for you because they think you're nuts. So when you're in that type of situation, there's literally nothing you can do except pray for them. That's just the way it has to be. Another interesting thing that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is that he will not speak on his own, but will speak only what he hears and will announce to you the things to come. In doing this, he will give glory to me because he will have received from me what he will announce to you. So Jesus remains the one and only mediator in our lives as he works with and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as the verse just said, the Holy Spirit isn't coming up with anything on his own. No. He is essentially a conduit between us and Jesus. Just as Jesus is a conduit between us and God Almighty. Yeah, see how that works. One last reminder about being blessed by God is that we are all essentially blessed when we love God. And when we love God, we obey God by obeying his commandments, statutes, and doctrines. Under that scenario, we will be blessed. Now, if we do the opposite and disregard all that God and Jesus tells us, then we will be cursed. Because there are repercussions and consequences to sinful behavior. You think you're going to get away scot-free on the stuff you do? No. You won't, I won't, the board guy won't. That's just not way to, that's just not the way the system works. You always got to pay the price of admission. Yeah. It just so it doesn't work that way. A sinful lifestyle is essentially a curse because it's going to keep bringing you down time and time again. You're not going to gain any headway with a constant assortment of sins. As we are always punished not for our sins, but directly by our sins. And ultimately, the wages of sin is death. So, if there's a choice between being blessed with life or cursed with death, which would you prefer?
I mentioned an assortment of sins. It reminds me of a, a red cardboard Valentine's Day heart with an assortment of chocolates inside. I guess the fact that you're gaining more weight and clogging up your arteries by eating this assortment doesn't really matter because it's an assortment. If it was just some stray chocolate fudge on the kitchen table, that would be a different thing. But since you have an assortment, it, it actually now becomes a healthy thing to eat. Is that how we think? I think it is for some. At least by appearance, I, I think it's for some. You can't hide your overeating and your love of chocolates, chocolates and cake. Cake. Ice cream. Uh, you, you know. You know the delicacies that are out there. I don't have to explain them to you. I read the other day in the Old Testament that the Sabbath, which is a day of rest on Saturday, is to be upheld as a sign between God and his people that he is, in fact, our God, and we are indeed his people. It's pretty much a private and public display of where your allegiance lies. Could it be, as some preachers think, that in the end times, it will be one of, if not the discriminator, as to whether you kneel to God or Satan? Because the counterfeit Sabbath of today is Sunday. It was moved by man for whatever reason a long time ago. Even though the Bible clearly speaks of the importance of keeping the Sabbath through the Old Testament and through the New Testament. It never changed, just as the importance of the Ten Commandments was never changed, which was also mentioned throughout the Old and New Testament. And as we know, the Fourth Commandment is keep holy the Sabbath day. So it's very clear what's going on here. I, I think it's a very good idea for us to respect God by respecting his Sabbath that he declared in the very beginning in Genesis. A day where we are not to follow our ways. We are not to carry burdens of any kind, physical or psychological. And we are not to work, but rather rest with naturally good deeds allowed for sure. It's a day we get out of the rat race and off the hamster wheel in order to dedicate a full day to the Lord. We absolutely need that day to recharge and to spread the love more. Maybe, maybe by visiting family and doing family activities. Maybe read the Bible more and speak of the Word of God more. Maybe even go on nature hikes to observe and recognize the beauty of God's majesty through the spectacular nature he created. Whatever you do, realize it's God's day for our rest, to basically pay more attention to the creator of the entire universe. Is that too much to ask? Have you ever heard that expression, we should smile without a reason, where we maintain the joy on the inside, whether or not we're happy on the outside? Because if we rely on outside circumstances to dictate our mood, then we may not be smiling for quite a while. We, we can't let a negative circumstance and environment make us negative. God expects us to be the light of the world, a shiny star in a big dark sky. So we as Christians don't wait around for something to make us happy. No, it's the, the, the direct opposite. We decide to be happy 
and joyful for the sake of ourselves and others. Sort of like when you lift weights three or four times a week. Sometimes you just wait for motivation because you don't want to do it. But no, it's the other way around. You invest in the activity first. Then afterwards, you become motivated with energy and enthusiasm. Because the energy that you obtain is the result of the decision to work out. You basically got to pay up front to get the reward on the backside. Hey, we're, uh, we're back to working out. And bench pressing again. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to go to the Y to use their weight room, but I never liked the locker room or especially the sauna. And I mentioned this a long time ago, where you have five guys in there, five naked guys in there, waving you in. Ah, oh, come on in the water, it's great. Take a load off and relax. Well, maybe I would if you weren't naked with your junk reflecting back in the water at me. And because of the ripples in the water, each guy seems to have five sets of junk. Man, is that nasty. Hey, hey everybody, this is the Y in Bethlehem, not a bathhouse in San Francisco. Which reminds me, I, I hope they use plenty of disinfectant in there. Why don't we ever celebrate Jesus with a parade instead of all the others? Like Halloween or St. Patrick's? I don't even know the guy. And what's worse is that the parades march right past my house. Hundreds of onlookers don't listen, so I have to yell, Get off my lawn! Jesus is who we worship and glorify. He is the only one we should be exalting. He is the King of Kings we need to stop each day and recognize. Just like I recognize my wife. Martha! Martha! Where are you? We're putting up an electric fence this year. And you know why? So paraders can get off my lawn and get on the phone to call Robert of Don't Bring Up God on WAEB 790 AM. Sunday mornings 8 to 9. Call 610-720-7900. Get on the phone. Hey, you can get on the phone, but don't call me. No calls today. For the next three weeks, I believe, we'll be taking calls. Yeah. Yeah. Next three weeks. You can load up the calls. Feel free. Anytime, any place, you know the number, hopefully by now. Want to let everyone know that Stephanie Gretzinger, who I have mentioned before, has a song explaining how we should be the light of the world. It's called Blackout. And a lot of great lines in there. She sings, in a blackout, I will illuminate the dark. You can't. Turn off a light shining from the inside. The world didn't give it, and they can't take it away. She's like the sun up in the sky, always rising and shining. And if somebody asks her why most of the time she's always so chipper, she, resp she responds by saying it's all about God. She would say, and does say, I don't glorify God by being depressed and miserable, Miserable, now do I. I witness with enthusiasm and encouragement to myself and others. Now, that's not to say she and us don't get depressed and are miserable from time to time. We all know that's part of life. But we don't at the same time have to dwell on it and make it even worse. So I kind of like that expression, smile without a reason. 
because it's a joy from the inside that comes from faith and trust in God Almighty, which comes from knowing what's to come in the new heavens and the new earth when this world as we know it expires once and for all. I still remember the first song that I ever heard from Stephanie Gretzinger with her singing that Jesus is our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and our light in the darkness. Man, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. He's our way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and our light in the darkness. And he is the light of the world, but we are also the light of the world. I heard somebody explain that not too long ago, that you take the sun and the moon. We're basically all the moon. We're bright and shiny at night in the dark. But where's that light coming from? It's reflecting off the sun. It's from the sun to the moon to the earth. And Jesus is basically the sun. We are the moon. And we reflect to the entire world, especially to non-believers, to hopefully turn them around as we plant and water as God makes grow. Talking to somebody the other day, let me mention the podcast. I haven't mentioned that for a while. Uh, The podcast, if you want to listen to the podcast, simply search Don't Bring Up God podcast. You can actually go to pavlinskypoems.com where I offer cards and plaques, as, as you know, most of you. And there on that site, there's, a, um, there's two buttons, actually. I just changed things around on the site, pavlinskypoems.com. If you press, uh, let's see, it says D-B-U-G, D-Bug. The board guy said that. The initials for Don't Bring Up God, D-B-U-G. I should get baseball hats with big letters, big capital letters, D-B-U-G. I think that'd be pretty cool. Board guy, you can get on that. You got some free time this week, don't you? Yeah, debug. Don't bring up God. Yeah, if you want to hit the podcast, um, there's a button that says DBUG podcast. And there's also a button that says uh, God speaks to you. Yeah, press that button and that will that will give you so many easily easy to read poems, spiritual poems about God. You know, sometimes the Bible doesn't hit the chord for you, but those poems will. And there's like 70 of them, one after the other. So pretty with their nature and the pictures and so forth. Most of them are four verses. Some are, some are three, some are four, five, but most of them are four. So, again, check out that website. You'll be happy that you did. Don't Bring Up God podcast. And as I said, pavlinskypoems.com. P-A-V-L-I-N-S-K-Y poems.com. All right, enough of that. Somebody told me the other day that I don't sound very humble on the radio. And maybe I don't, but I found a legitimate biblical loophole, which is, as the book says, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. And man, I love that. Because in my mind, that gives me the green light to do as I do. Otherwise, I might have to whisper like a church mouse. Squeak, squeak. Squeak, squeak. Don't want to do that. Uh, the board guy. Did I mention the board guy a second ago? Yeah, he went on vacation. 
uh, I guess two weeks. I don't know when it was, but he went for two weeks, and I asked him where he's going. He, he wouldn't tell me. I took offense to that. Why wouldn't he tell me? He thinks I'm going to show up and stalk him and hound him? What, what's with that? He wouldn't tell me. Not that he tells me anything ordinarily, but it was outside the country. I know that much. Maybe I could have done some research on the internet and found out one way or the other, looking at airplane uh, tickets bought and sold and whatever. There's got to be a way. <laughs> Is that me or you? That's a different baby. Who are you kidding? That's not the baby we all know and love. No. It was, that, that one was annoying and screechy. The other one, it cried like lyrics to music. I don't know what that was. That was like a bat screeching at you in the middle of the night before it swoops down and makes a nest in your hair. Yeah. See, he, he's still, I think, on vacation in his mind. He's here, but he's not here. So as I said, he's uh, out out of the country. Yeah, I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Is that it? If I had a guess, I'm thinking England or France. I mean, where else do you go in Europe? I mean, you're not going to go to Ukraine. Did he go to Ukraine? To Ukraine? Right, right in the right in the war torn area. Maybe he went over there to fight. You know, I like these people that that talk about war. That we need to go to war. We need to protect our democracy. Shut up. In most cases, shut up. Those platitudes and reasons to go to war are just that. They're, they're fake and have nothing to do with reality. But he may go over there, and in some cases you have to fight for your freedom. I understand that. But a lot of times we've been played, and I don't want to go into that. We had conspiracy last week, not this week. Yeah. What? Absolutely. So if you're so high on war, oh, we should go to war. We should go to Ukraine and fight to the last man. Why don't you pick up a weapon, sir, and go yourself and take your kids? You talk so brave. All these politicians, knock it off. Such a farce. Like that A Few Good Men movie, like when that kingpin was on the stand. I suggest you pick up a weapon, son, and, and, and man the post. Yeah, I, I say the same thing. Uh, I th- as, as far as I know, Ukraine, I guess civilians were picking up guns and fighting back. They weren't even in uniform. They were in blue jeans and a sweatshirt. Uh, well, what's going on over there? And that nonsense better stop. It's just better. Uh, it reminds me of Vietnam going on for over 10 years. I didn't even realize Vietnam ended like two or three years before I graduated high school. I could have been going there to fight. I was so close to that 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 uh, recruiting line. I didn't even realize at the time. But a war going on for over 10 years. Are you out of your mind? That's so wrong in so many on so many different levels. You know, people just being killed. Defense 
defense companies using up their weapons so they can make more. You know, politicians making points with who knows who. Ah, the whole thing's quite disheartening. But the, hey, that's what God's for. Oh, yeah. That's my fallback line. Fall back, fall front, fall during, fall everything. That's what God is for. If you take a look at this world on and where it's going and where it's been, you might want to throw up. Seriously. Now, I won't do that because I don't want to clean up the mess on the console here because the board guy, oh, man. If I, I wonder what, if, what, what happens if I would do that. I mean, I came in here sick a couple times. I wasn't feeling good. What if I would have thrown up? Would, if he, would he have made me clean it up, or is that part of his job description? Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would be too sick. I could barely walk and talk. I would limp out of here with a whole bunch of puke right in front, right between the two microphones. He'd have to clean it up. I mean, I, I would just say I can't. I would like to, but I can't. So in the future, if that actually happens, that scenario that I just prophesied, you know that uh, it came from somewhere. But uh, I kid the board guy, and he kids me, but he's a good man, and I don't know why I'm dwelling on the board guy. It's just I guess it's because I have two and a half minutes left to kill, and I'm not sure where to go with it. Maybe if the board guy can play that song by Stephanie Gretzinger, Blackout, but it's probably too late. I don't think he's going to lift a finger. And after all the things I just said about his vacation and the throw-up, I don't think he's going to even take the effort. He won't lift a pinky to press one key to help. I understand this time. I can sympathize. Now. All right. Where does that leave us? Huh. Leaves us with dead air. Yeah. What if I just keep quiet? That's another thing he can't stop. Radio stations don't like dead air. What if I just keep quiet for the last minute? What's he going to do about it? I mean, I guess he can play that stupid baby and, and play some kind of country song. I think he likes country. I think his preference is country. Y'all, y'all come down here now. you here and visit. I don't know what kind of accent that is. I mean, the bored guy. All right, see? He's got something going. What is that noise? Is that a seal? Uh, that's like, that's oh, I get, I know what it is. I figured it out. It's, the, it's, a, it's a clock. It's the tick-tock of a clock. Oh, he's so proud of himself back there. He's basically telling me, if you want to shut up, I don't care. Just let the, let the time go by. Tick-tock, tick-tock. He don't care. Although maybe he does. <laughs> You're going to... Don't even... Take the song out. Just play that. Play that. Yeah. Just play that all the way out. If it makes you happy, do it. Because all I know is all roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again.